following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 14th, 2020, season 16, episode number 79. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by Geico. I'm live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick in there with me. We got Dave and Amber on from their remote remote locations. And before we get too far into the show, we got to start first by telling my dude, Dave, happy birthday, man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I how, appreciate that. How many years is this it now? Is, I, I'm being... I am 32, which is not that depressing. And yeah, until I think about the fact that I was 24 (laughs) when y'all hired me. So I don't know where that time went, but here we are. Yeah, it's funny that that I at some point, Nick, we probably should tell the story of how we hired Dave and like that interview we had with him. And, and how that do. all went down. That could that could be kind of interesting. Maybe that's an off-season kind of story. I'm, I'm not even recalling that. You don't remember that? You were sitting in my office. It was me and you sitting in there interviewing Dave. So, I don't know. We'll talk about well, it Well, at later. this point, just go ahead and say it real quick. <laughs> I don't no. remember it. Well, it was on the phone. We didn't we didn't even meet him in person. You met, I think you're mixing your guys up. Are Drink we? that was Rowan. I thought Rowan was the one that told us about it. Derek's memory is not the best. It is not. But I thought that was the reason why we were doing it by phone. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Happy birthday, Dave. Happy birthday, Dave, man. 32 years old. You were 24. (laughs) You you. You were a baby. Now you're a grown man with a a dog baby. Mm. So, yeah. It's awesome. All right. (laughs) Let's jump in. Let's talk a little bit about this Cowboys win. Cowboys get a big win yesterday, 30-7. to If you can get big wins at this point in the season. But, Nick, I actually wanted to start with you. You were actually there. And, and I know one of the things I heard you talk about last week on the radio when you did your hit was uh, the fact that this team, it really needed the win. You yeah. saw when it happened, when they got a win a few weeks ago, how much it helped this team. They really needed a win. What was it like yesterday with the team after they, they got this big win? It was, it, you know, it was one of those things that's like they've been getting beat up for a while. You know, you've been getting hit with a baseball bat for a while. You finally just grabbed the bat, you know, and you did a little hitting of your own. I mean, that's that, it just took it out on the Bengals. They're not very good, but that's what you do to teams that are bad. You kind of put them down and keep them down, and that's what they did. And, and, and you know, they were excited for Andy Dalton. This is his first season with the team, but you wouldn't have guessed that yesterday standing outside the locker room. They waited for a while for him to I don't know who all he had to say hi to on the field it felt like everybody but they finally you know McCarthy was like where's Andy you know they finally comes in and when they did they just showered him with water and you know yelling excited for him and they knew it was a big win for him but you know it was just one of those games they lost six out of seven so it was good for them to, to get a win yeah, let's uh, let's go on to our storylines of the game. We'll go around the table everybody give me a storyline from yesterday's game Amber let's start with you I was hoping you did not start with me because this is not a good day for me to be on this show. I don't know what it is, but I'm in a very pessimistic mood today. And yes, I am glad the Cowboys win won yesterday. 
that's great. They needed the win, especially against a team like this, against the Bengals, that if they, had they lost, I mean, we, we would have lost it completely. But at the same time, I just find it very, very hard to be excited about this win just because it is against the it was against the Bengals and you look at some of the plays and and yes on the defensive side of the ball the, they were making plays creating plays but at the same time the Bengals were just absolutely terrible and a lot of plays were mistakes of their own so it's just it, it's one of those times where yes you are happy for the team but at the same time you got to take a step back and look at what you really went into this game with and, and the situation and who the opponent was and it's like one of those things that I know the team has talent I know that Demarcus Lawrence is a very talented player Jordan Lewis we've seen his talent as well so players like that we know they have it we just haven't seen it this year and it just sucks that it gets to the point of like week 14 a game against the Bengals for you to get that out of them and not being able to see it all throughout the season. That's just, that's what I'm having a hard time to dealing with right now. Just kind of very, very mixed emotions and it's just hard to be completely excited about what we saw yesterday, or at least for me. Dave. Hey, G. This offseason, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe we can get some vaccines and we can actually hang out together and We'll go get a beer, and I'll just try to teach you how to ride the middle, man. Like you can't, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to be up here after every win, and you don't have to be way down here after every loss. Like it is what it is. I think, you know, you and I both picked the the Cowboys to lose this game. I don't feel bad about doing that, honestly, because they've been inconsistent all year. But they showed up, locked in, dialed in, ready to go. Something they haven't done enough this season, and. They beat a very bad team. Like, we don't have to be overly impressed by that. It, it was nice, and I agree with Nick that they probably needed it. I think Mike McCarthy needed it to, you know, he needs to install the culture that he wants moving forward. But we don't have to be impressed by anything they did yesterday. They just kind of did what they were supposed to do. And that's even, even with, like, the Cowboys are not a very good team. They're much better than the Bengals, uh, clearly. They beat them by 23 points. Um but, I mean, even being bad, they were supposed to do that. I didn't trust them to, so I give them a lot of credit for showing up and playing up to their capability. But it doesn't mean that they're suddenly good. And, and for that matter, if you want to have the conversation about tanking, it also didn't really change their draft status. You know, the Chargers won yesterday as well, so the Cowboys are right back in the same spot they were on Saturday, and we just kind of go on. Like, good job. Doesn't really change my opinion of the team, but... Nice of them to go and, and put a, a nice performance on tape. It's funny. That reminds me of that old uh, Chris Rock stand-up where he says, you don't get credit for doing what you're supposed to do. It's like uh, the guy that says, I take yeah. care of my kids. <laughs> like, I, I get it. but And, and I, I, I do disagree a little bit because I do think they, they should get credit because they're just as bad as anybody else. Like, you can't delineate with this team like, well, they played a bad team. Well, guess what? They're bad, too. So winning 30-7 to against a bad team is still something, I think, for well, yeah. them. But it, it was what we expected, right, Nick? No, I mean, I don't think anybody expected this. I think that's why, like, it doesn't make you a better team. But it's it's it was I think it's an impressive the way they did it because we haven't seen that and and frankly nobody else is doing that to the Bengals too say what you want about how bad they are nobody's gone into Cincinnati and, and won like that not all year I mean they played five games there they've won two of them the other three were three point losses or less so 
they did something. I mean, it wasn't like Vegas had them at 23. Yeah. I mean, it was impressive because we yeah. haven't seen them play that way. It was a, it was that yes, you're supposed to beat a bad team, but this team's not supposed to annihilate a bad team. And so that's that was the impressive part for me. They're they're not at that level. Congratulations, Cowboys. You're not at that point. You're you're a little bit. You're on the next tier. It's not a great tier, but it's not at the tank for Trevor Lawrence yeah. level. And I will say this. I mean, I I think I saw some things yesterday that I hadn't seen from this team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't played that game at all this season. Uh, they haven't played a game where they were creating turnovers and actually getting the turnover. Like, not only forcing the fumble, but also yeah. recovering the fumble. And in one instance, turn, returning the fumble for a touchdown. That's different. Like, that's not what we've seen from this defense. Maybe not what we've seen from this defense over a period of time that may even span farther than just this season. So that was different. And and I'll, we'll talk a little bit later about this defense and if that actually has any carryover effect or any makes you feel a different way about this defense. But I do think at least for one game and for one day, this defense was a different kind of defense than what we've seen all season. Let's go ahead and go to the moments that mattered. Uh, we'll have everybody talk about one uh, one moment from the game that you think was a either a big moment or a turning point in the game. Let's start first with you, Dave. I mean, had the Cowboys scored a defensive touchdown all season? I'm not, I yes. mean, I don't think they had. Yes. I yeah. know, you know, Jalen had the interception return to the goal line. Anthony but Brown. But for but, Alden yeah. Smith to. Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. Against hey, the Giants. Okay, don't so the feel second bad. one, the Dave, second one this feel, season. Don't feel bad because Tank said, I don't think we've scored a defensive touchdown all year, had we? I was like, yes, Anthony Brown on a fumble That's, that I you read forced. that quote. That you forced, right? And he was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was for good. It been a long October, season. October 11th feels October 11th feels like a long, long time well, that ago. Was, but that was pre- I mean, pre-DAC. Yeah. Or current DAC. During yeah. DAC. It was. Yeah. But, I mean – the I mean, it, it sounds weird to say because the Bengals fumbled on all three of their first possessions, but they were moving the ball on two. I mean, they got all the way to the Dallas red zone. It was a 78-yard return, so they were moving the ball when Alden scooped that up. They got all the way to the 15 on the next fumble uh, that Darian Thompson forced. So, you know, who knows what that game looks like if Alden doesn't give them that cushion. And, I, you know, Mike McCarthy said it after the game that, this is maybe the first time all season where they were able to build enough of a lead that it completely changed the way that they played the game. So, um, yeah, I'm not saying they would have lost, but I think that game looks a lot different if Alden Smith doesn't make that play. Amber. I, I mean, that, that, that's the obvious play to me. Same. It's, it's just one of those plays that, yes, it was early on, but when Tank made the uh, play prior to that one, to the Alden Smith one, it was one of those moments that you're like, okay, whoa, all right, cool, that was exciting. But then it, it, you're still not expecting the defense to be able to carry on throughout the game. So the fact that Alden Smith went on and, and, and made that play, you know that when there are plays like that, it just it just changes the game completely. It gives a different kind of vibe and different kind of energy to the defense as a whole. It gives them more power. But if I had to mention... A different play than that one it would be Tony Pollard and, and the play that he made I mean it, it's still amazing when you get to see him getting those kinds of run the speed that he has the ability that he has it's just unfortunate that we don't get to see it enough 
And it's just one of those moments again that, and I know we're gonna talk about it later on in the show, but it's one of those moments that you wonder what would happen if you do give Pollard more opportunities with the ball because he, he is a talented player. It's just not, it doesn't always happen constantly, but it, it's just, it's always so exciting to see plays like that. I mean, that was going to be the play <laughs> for me. Oh, uh, sorry. No, no, that's good. That's you, okay. didn't, you didn't really say why, though. It, and I thought it was important because right after halftime, you know, it was like, well, they got a little momentum now, 17 7. Let's see what the Cowboys do. And I mean, he came right out. I thought that was a huge play. So for everything she said, yes, but also just kind of, it, it, it led to another field goal. But let's not forget also, this game, we might be talking about a completely different vibe from this game if there's not a holding penalty that negated a touchdown. So, mm. I mean, they score a touchdown. It's 20-14, to 14, and we got a game here in the, in the fourth quarter. But um, as Jalen Smith said afterwards, that was not going to be a touchdown because look at my jersey. I mean, his jer- he got held, and that, that did kind of open up that free lane there. But um, I thought that was a big play, you know, the, the, the holding call because it's about to be a one-score game, and instead they don't get a touchdown out of that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, too, I'll, I'll point out on that play that both you and Amber talked about, the return by Pollard. I thought that was a really, really big play. I thought what was notable is that Dallas didn't take advantage of it in a better way. They get the ball there at the Cincinnati 43. So they're starting in Cincinnati territory. They get some good passes. They got a pass to Bell for 11 yards. Lamb had a 15-yard run. Uh, they had another pass to Schultz for 14 yards. But it was the two runs to Zeke that were for zero and one yard um, and then the incompletions at the end of that drive that forced them to a situation where they had to take a field goal and to me I was like if, if they end up losing this game I will remember that sure. moment because that was a drive where they had the opportunity to really go up big and they had the right start they had the kickoff return they got them in the right position and they just couldn't do anything with it and it didn't and it seemed like in a lot of ways, it was the running game that really kind of put them in the hole, and they just couldn't get out of it uh, because they couldn't run the ball. And then when you get in those, I think it, it's even more apparent when you get in those situations where it's either goal to go or in the red zone and you can't run. Um, I think it's even more apparent, and it makes it even harder to try to get into the end zone when you got that short feel if you can't run the ball. Um, I did also want to mention one other thing. Um, in that first possession, Tank gets the forced fumble, and Jordan Lewis returns the fumble recovery. But I heard you say this morning, Nick, and I did not notice it during the game, that Demarcus Lawrence actually didn't start the game. Tell me about that. Why didn't he start the game? Because he is not in the base defense. Huh. Yeah, capitalize that H. Huh. Huh. (laughs) Not in the base defense. (laughs) And he kind of had a weird look. He was like, "Uh, they called base, and I'm not in base. So I went back off the field. They got back on in the second play. So who is in base? Like they're uh, just for Dorrance, game. Dorrance, I'm Armstrong, Dorrance Armstrong, over <laughs> Tank Lawrence. Yeah, in the base defense. Mm-hmm. Huh. I keep saying, huh. I'm sorry. I just well, that, uh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. As I said this morning on an, another show. I mean, he 21 million a year for your defensive end should be in the base, should be in the nickel, should yeah. be in the dime, should mm-hmm. be in the pre-event, should be nope. in the 44 stack if you play Madden. I mean, stuff like that. He should be in, he should be in the defense. Right. He should start the game. You might want to play him at tackle. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you might want to play him wherever you can play him. At I don't point. know. I don't – whatever. But he got in on the second play and he, cost, and he caused a fumble. 
You Although know. after seeing that, maybe next game they ought to do the same thing. Maybe, maybe they ought to sit him to start the game and then bring him in the I second guess. play, and then maybe no. he makes a big play. I don't no. know. Yeah, maybe he should play. Put him, put him on the field. <laughs> put him out there. Put him on the field. All right, we're going to take our first break. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to get into some performance reviews. we got to talk about Andy Dalton today. we got to talk about the running backs. I'll ask you guys, is Zeke the best running back on this team? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys this Sunday when they take on the San Francisco 49ers at AT&T Stadium. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Remember, the game has been moved to noon. Thank yeah, it you. is. Thankfully. Welcome back to the second segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, presented by GEICO. Let's uh, let's jump into some performance reviews. Let's start first with the quarterback, Andy Dalton. He goes 16 of 23, 70% completion, 70% completion percentage. Uh, 185 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 122.6 rating. Although the numbers weren't huge, obviously, as far as passing yards, um, he did beat a bad, and and this was a bad team. How did you assess his play overall? Nick, let's start with you. I thought he played well. You know, you know he wanted it. Uh, You can tell, I mean, I don't know if they needed to throw that pass to Tony Pollard at the end. I think he wanted that second touchdown. Um, And, you know, I I thought for him, the drive after the, the Darian Thompson fumble at the 12, that was a really big drive. It was really the first time they had the ball, you know, on, you know, with, not a short field, and he had three big third down completions there: two to Cooper, one to CD. Um, I thought I thought that was a really nice drive there, and so I, he did a good job. All right, Amber. Again, pessimist Amber here on Monday. Sorry, but <laughs> I just can't help it today. Yes, they did they did a good job, but I thought they could have done 
a lot more. And there were some really great plays, some really great passes, throws, and all that. But what is the problem in the red zone? Why can't the Cowboys just get past that? Why why can't they just make it into the end zone a lot more? They're still struggling in that area. Prior to that, everything seemed pretty good. But it's just that area right there that they just... I don't don't know what the deal is. And yes, that um, touchdown towards the end of the game with Tony Polder, it, it was good. But honestly, I was like... Uh, I remember when we were watching the game, I don't know if you were there, Derek, that I was just like, okay, they've only actually scored one touchdown in the whole game, Mm -hmm. and that's it. The other one came from Alden Smith, and the other ones were field goals. So what's the deal here? I would be expecting them to be able to get in the end zone a lot more, and it's hard for me to judge that Tony Pollard won because he came so late in the game. I wonder, okay, was the defense just kind of losing up by that point? But I just... I'm not. I wasn't super impressed with what they did yesterday. All right, Dave. I mean, I thought it was Andy's best start since he's taken over. You know, and and it's hard to it's hard to weigh it all because again, you know, the Alden Smith touchdown kind of changed everything. They had a commanding lead from the beginning. That's obviously that's going to change the way you play. Like you're probably not just eager to be whipping it around the yard all day when you've got a three possession lead in the second quarter. Um, and, and, you know, you don't want to put your, your banged up offensive line in that situation. So, you know, I, I struggle between, well, yeah, they're not very explosive versus, well, they don't need to be in a game situation like this, but yeah, I mean, you get the ball at the 32 yard line. I expect a little bit better than seven plays for 16 yards and a field goal. It does seem like this team gets bogged down. It's funny now because it was a blowout, but you know, it, it you would prefer to see Andy find Amari Cooper wide freaking open on that sluggo in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. a 60 yard touchdown if he just looks to his left. And it, it's just stuff like that where you're like, Andy Dalton played well, and the offense was fine, and they won by 23 points, but this certainly hasn't been an explosive offense since Dak Prescott went out. And again, I know that the offensive line is compromised, so it is hard to judge the whole thing, but I mean, they look they look like an offense that's being run by a backup quarterback, and that's not a bad thing, because that's what they went and got Andy Dalton to do, but... Uh, you know, there there are some plays that they have left out there on a consistent basis in the time that Dak has has been out of you know out for the season. I want to go back, but I do think but he played but Andy, really well. But Andy's not any backup quarterback. I mean, he's a guy who's been a starter, so he's not just your typ- typical backup guy. I mean, this is at a point that you you I get it. Completely different offense with Dak Prescott in and with the offensive line healthy but at the same time I mean this is a game where you you expect this team to be absolutely competitive with a guy like Andy Dalton at quarterback I would argue that they mostly have been yeah other than I mean as an offense no I agree but I I said I, I just made that comment in response to what you said that this looks like a team that ha- that is playing with a backup quarterback well, okay, let me let me a very good backup quarterback. I mean, in May when Andy signed, we were like, well, you know, the Cowboys probably maybe have the best backup quarterback in the league. Like they should still be able to effectively run their offense 
with Andy Dalton. And other than the Washington game, when he got concussed, and really that was probably the low point for the offensive line on the entire year, in all of the other games, they've looked like they could win games with him in, in at quarterback. I mean, they didn't get trounced by Baltimore because of what the offense was doing. That I mean, that those are defensive lapses. So yeah. for the most part, I feel like they've gotten pretty good return on investment. Now, you know, I don't know... I don't know if, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Andy Dalton's window as a, you know, big-time starting quarterback who can win you a championship, I lean toward thinking those days are probably over, but that doesn't mean he can't be a very serviceable quarterback in this league. I don't know that they ever were here. I mean, that's an interesting thing. Go ahead, Nick. I just don't think it's that – I don't think this is really that hard to figure out. I mean, this offensive line is not going to win any weightlifting contest. I mean, they're agile. They can move. They're young. But they're not very strong, and so when you look at when you when you have a hundred yards to play with and fifty three wide and all that, they you know you might pass it, you might run it. They can be effective, but when it gets down there and it's just me versus you and who's tougher and stronger, they don't push people back. And this is not anything new. I mean, even four or five years ago, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, this was the worst third and one team in the league, or third even third and goal. So they have a hard time knocking people off the ball. When you get down inside the five and it's hard for those receivers to really find room, you have to just run people over, and they're not good enough to do this right now. So I think that's where it comes down. It's just the line can can block, pass block okay and and all that, but they're not going to just knock people off. Not Christian Covington. Are you serious? You're knocking him back. <laughs> well, let me let me take that, and I, I want to combine things that you just said and something that Amber said. It, Amber talked about the red zone and talked about yeah. how much they struggle in the red zone. Is it your thought, then, that the reason that they're struggling in the red zone is because they don't have the power in their offensive line and they can't run the ball effectively? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest issue right there is that the, you know who's worried about CD going over the top or Michael? You, you're not worried about that. You have to. It's just big boy football. You've got to knock people back. And as good as I think Connor McGovern and Connor Williams and and – and uh, Looney, I mean, they could be even, you know, in the tackles too, but they're not just overpowering type linemen. And I think I think that's a that's a problem. That they're not built that way. Think about their tight ends. Their tight ends aren't tight ends. No one's talking about the pancake that Dalton Schultz had. It's the fact that he's got fifty well, catches. The, wasn't this still a problem last year? Yeah. I mean, different coaching staff and everything. Kelly Moore were still directing the of, the offense, but. At the same time, if I remember correctly, they were still struggling a lot last year, and that's something that I think we talked about a lot was their struggles with the red zone. They were great prior to that, and they could score touchdowns and all that, but once they got into that red zone, it was always been yeah. – it's been a problem. It's been a problem it's, for a couple of it's years. Been so a problem. It, it just makes me wonder past the injuries, you know? It's a it's a problem, and it's been a problem, but the one difference I think now is, is nobody's worried about Andy Dalton getting into the end zone running. And that, that was a weapon that they did have with, with Dak. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one more when things break down, and we've seen it. He's done it more than I, I think any quarterback in the Cowboys history at running the ball in. So that's another weapon down there. That, that But it, it's the O-line to me. It's the yeah. line. And, and not being able to knock people back. And I also will point this out. Last year, I think the issues were a little bit different. Same result. I think they were a little bit different. I mean, I remember talking a lot about Travis Frederick and his inability to be able to hold up at the point of attack. Like, we knew he wasn't the same player yeah. last year. He was not as powerful as he had been earlier in his career. And the same thing with Connor and Connor Williams. And so, I think you still had problems right there in the middle with regards to power. So, I think it was the same problem. Different players, I think it was the same problem, though, and it 
it and it crept up on them and it was a problem for them in the red zone. It was a reason why they couldn't really push people back and be able to get some of those critical yards in some of those situations. Dave, do you agree with what they're saying or do you have a different take on maybe why they're not as good in the red zone? I'm really reluctant to, and maybe I shouldn't be. It's the NFL. You got to do what you got to do with who you have. But I, I'm reluctant to criticize Kellen Moore when, I mean, how many, how many day one starters is he working with right now? He's got his three receivers, and I guess technically you would consider Joe Looney a day one starter, and, uh, Connor, and Williams. Connor Williams. So what? That's that's five. Yeah. So he's got. Uh, all right, he's got half of his offense. He's still he's missing a lot of it. Is my yeah. point, yep. including the guy that's supposed to make it work. Um, so I'm I'm reluctant to bash him. I mean, you know, I think play calling was a fair criticism last year. Amber is totally right. Like this was an issue last year when they were much healthier. So I think you need to look into that. Um, I hesitate to criticize the play calling when you're so compromised right now, but. Um, I do think when you factor in that it was a thing last year, it's probably a, a it's a worthwhile conversation, even if I, like I said, even if I'm reluctant, because, yeah, I mean, they had everybody last year and it was still an issue. Yep. All right. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we still do need to talk about the running backs. We've talked about how good Pollard looked yesterday. Is he now in a position where you should consider giving him as many carries as Zeke? He got very close yesterday. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. All right, don't miss the virtual Christmas extravaganza presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb. The most electrifying holiday show of the season can be watched on the Dallas Cowboys Facebook and Twitter on December 24th at 6 p.m. Central or on demand at DallasCowboys.com slash Christmas. 
Welcome back to the final segment of The Break, presented by Geico, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about the running backs. Yesterday, Zeke goes 12 carries for 48 yards, 4 uh, yards per uh, carry average. He had about 32. He had 32 snaps in the game. Pollard, on the other hand, had 11 carries, one less, 39 yards, uh, 3.5 average. He had 19 snaps in the game. My question for you guys is, is this the right distribution? and use of the backs, or should Pollard be a little closer uh, to 50% of the snaps? Not necessarily the carries, but the snaps. Should they be splitting carries between these two guys and splitting reps? Let's start first with you, Dave. I think it's an important caveat. I pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. I mean, Zeke wasn't even a guarantee to play in this game. I mean, he said he was going to, but he's questionable on the injury report with a calf. He's going to gut through it. He said after the game that it was sore. And then on top of that, you know, the Cowboys had a multiple possession lead really from the jump. So, you know, that's the smart way to play it in these circumstances. Like, yeah, limit your injured running backs touches when you have control of the game and when he's hurt. So I think that's a big part of it. Having said that, yeah, obviously for a variety of reasons, Tony Pollard, just seems to have more juice like when he hits a hole he just he hits it at a different speed i think everybody would agree with that regardless of what the reasoning is uh i'm very comfortable with him getting more touches for a variety of reasons the cowboys aren't going to say this but it's looking like a long shot that they're going to make the playoffs so (laughs) why rack up meaningless mileage on your star i mean why do that like zeke doesn't need to touch the ball 60 70 times over the next three weeks if anything he needs like let him get some rest and get ready for a season that won't be so difficult. Um, I do think it's funny though. Go back and watch. You know the long run that he had. I think it was in the fourth quarter. If Michael Gallup holds his block on his cornerback for half a second longer, I doubt Zeke scores, but he's going 50, 60 yards uh, for sure. And so it's just funny to think what we'd be talking about if Zeke's stat line was. 12 carries for 98 yards, you know? Um, So I do think that's interesting. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with Tony Pollard getting more work over the next three weeks. Amber. I do want to see more of Tony Pollard, but at the same time, um, I'm always, I'm still hesitant as far as saying, oh yeah, I want to take... snaps away from Zeke. I still think that Zeke, even though we haven't seen the old Zeke this year, I still think that he has it and it's just a matter of time and getting him back into the groove or something. But uh, I think that, you know, we, we, we're we not really going to be having this debate any for, for much longer. I think I'm right with Dave. I think that this next few weeks is going to be an opportunity for us to get to the point where we do get to see more of Tony Pollard and kind of put that whole debate to rest for a little bit as far or depending on how that turns out because if Pollard kills it then the debate is gonna only grow even bigger but I think that in the next few weeks we'll we'll hopefully get a better idea of what that really would look like when Pollard gets more plays rather than Zeke yeah I think that's so a really I, I, yeah. Amber. yeah no, I, I'm just I, I'm just saying that I don't I don't really have an answer. Like I want to see both of them. I definitely want to see what Pollard can do, but at the same time, I'm not ready to take away snaps from Zeke yet. Yeah, 
All right, go ahead, Nick. Uh, I think, you know, whether or not it matters to anyone else, I think Zeke wants a thousand. You know, he's. Hmm. A, I think that's a that's a thing for him. Okay. And, uh, and I think he's gonna. And you know, he's had opportunities to sit out. Okay. There's other players yeah. on this team that probably wouldn't have played. Uh, you know, short weeks, calf bruise. You know he, you know he, he's come back and, and he's played and and you know it matters to him and so I think he'll he'll play. But I mean I don't disagree that I, that that you know there's no there's no need to have 25 carries for him. Uh, it, it's a healthy balance and 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 yesterday was was a good example of that. You know and it's not just third and one short yardage that they go with the bigger back. I mean Pollard's getting some snaps in there and he got some around the goal line too. So. I think I think what they're doing in this game is is pretty good balance. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. You know, think, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. No, I just you know what's funny, Nick, is you like you say he wants a thousand, and I, I don't disagree. At his current average, if he keeps up his current average, like he would hit a thousand in week seventeen, <laughs> just in time for the season to be over. I mean, if it were up to me, no chance in hell. Like, there's, I mean. You know, it looks more than likely that either New York or Washington is going to win the division. If there's nothing to play for in week 17, shoot, maybe even in week 16, I would be like, sorry, buddy. I want to see what Rico Dowdle looks like. I'm like, shame about your no thousand yards, but we'll get him next year. Hey, and, and I don't, I haven't talked to Zeke all year. I, I mean, he's not a player that I that I talk to after the games because he always goes to the podium. So I haven't talked to him. I have no idea that that, it, that that that's what he wants. Or I just I would imagine that it would be a big deal um, to him. But I don't know that, and, and and I don't even know if there's a contract incentive or anything like that for him. But you know, he, he wants to play. Well, I do think this is going to create a very interesting dynamic if if Pollard plays more. If Pollard just keeps playing at the Rate that he's playing, and he starts real, uh, you know, knocking down some big runs, uh, and keeps looking like. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know that his stat line is so much better that we all are like, oh my god, the production's so much better. It's just it looks different. It, mm-hmm. When he gets the ball, the way he hits holes, it's different than what you're seeing from Zeke. And I really think if he has some big runs here down the stretch, I think it's going to create a very interesting conversation. Maybe not an interesting conversation with coaches and and executives. But I think among media people and us, I think it's going to create a very interesting conversation in this offseason and heading into next season about how you distribute the ball. Because you're going to have your guy back and you're going to have a lot of the pieces you hope back on the offensive line. If you think Pollard gives you more juice, then that's a better person to have in there more frequently with all the other weapons they got on this offense and an offensive line that can create some gaps for him. So I just really think that right now it's a very interesting time for Zeke. And, and I heard what you were saying, Nick, about him getting a 1,000. I personally think if, if I were him, and I'm not going to speak for him, but if I were him, I would be thinking I'm trying to keep this guy off the field because I, the last thing I want is him showing more uh, that, than, than maybe I'm showing right now. Uh, and maybe there are reasons why. Maybe that injury's a little worse than than he's letting on. Who knows? All I know is it, it looks different right now. It does look different when Pollard's on the field yeah. uh, than when you're seeing Zeke. All right, one other thing I wanted to hit real quick before we end the show. The defense held Cincinnati seven points. Uh, it was the first time since, I think it was 2019, week three of 2019, that they held an opponent under 10 points. So it was a good outing for the defense, something different than they've done in, in past outings, certainly this season. Was this a turning point for this defense, or do you think this was just merely a function of the fact that they played a really bad offense? Nick, let's start with you. Well, I, bad offense, bad quarterback. You know, he's not very good, and and 
He's your not. Guy. He's, he's not very good. They don't have a lot of weapons over there. You know, leave it to AJ Green to come out of retirement against the Cowboys and play. But I mean, but then again, let's also look at the other side though too. I mean, other than than Jordan Lewis, every cornerback on the team has been on the practice squad at some point this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Westry. Are we kidding me? Chris yeah, Westry. Yeah. He he tried to quit last year. Yeah. I mean, if it, and now he's playing in a game. I mean, same at the safety position too. So, I mean, the guys that they've got on the secondary for them to play that way. I mean, that that was that was pretty good. And I thought Jalen probably played his best game of the season yesterday. I mean, say what you will, but I thought he he had a pretty nice game. He seemed like he was physical and flying around the ball. Yep. For Jalen, Dave. I'm about to sound like a hater. And I apologize for that. I mean, they did play a really good game. It it was Nick. Nick on Friday was like, I can't believe Brandon Allen plays in the NFL. So I can't. forgive me if I'm not <laughs> super duper impressed. Uh, the other thing, and they did it. They forced three fumbles. They scored off of one of them. They get credit for that. But everything we know about fumbles is that it's it's kind of random. You know? Like, I mean... It, there, the, the amount of variance, there's no, like, you can't count on that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I said this yesterday, is, and I know he didn't pick off Andy Dalton, but, like, Jesse Bates made this great read on a throw to Dalton. Mm-hmm. He undercut the receiver, dove in front of it, almost picked it off. Like, that is that is instinctual playmaking and understanding. Fumbles are almost luck. I, and, I mean, like Dave, I said, like, they Dave, get I'm going to jump in. Those two forced fumbles. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, I, I think... I think there are two fumbles that they created yesterday that were about how they yes. played the ball, yes. specifically tanks. Okay. Like that was him ripping the ball out. Yes. So that I don't think you can call that tank, just luck. Tank and Thompson. Tank and Darian Thompson get a lot of credit okay. for forcing those fumbles. The one that the, the one that swung the entire game yeah. be, came because the guy dropped it when he Absolutely. bounced off somebody's butt. Absolutely. Um. But all I mean, okay, but. Do you really think that's the first time Tank has punched a, the ball when he tackled somebody? No, this but, but I, I don't I, think like it's again, fair. But, yeah, but I just don't think it's fair for us to, to. You can't play it both ways. We can't say on one hand they can't create turnovers, and then they create turnovers to say, well, turnovers are random. Like I just think it's I think it's unfair. Yeah, I think turn, turnovers are random for the most part. But I, I you're right. I mean, I don't want to take that credit away, but I just don't have a ton of confidence that it is something. That they can definitely replicate. Like I'm not, you know, I don't expect them to just force a million fumbles over these last three games. I think the the 12 games that we saw before this are probably a greater indicator of what they are than this one. And I'm like I said, I mean, I sound like a hater because they went out and they did it, but I'm not convinced that it's something that's going to happen consistently moving forward. Not this season, at least. Amber. Um, yes, great win, great plays, good job, but is this a turning point? Absolutely don't think so. <laughs> Yesterday when we were watching the game, Derek, you were out, and I don't know much about the history of the Bengals, but you were talking about some guy that used to do the shuffle dance Icky, back Icky when I was yeah. born, and that was, <laughs> that, that was the last time that we're good, like, apparently. Icky Wood? What is an Icky Woods? Go ahead, Amber, sorry. Yeah, you're like, the icky shuffle. I'm like, what the heck is that? (laughs) But just to my point, based on what you said, it it sounds like this team has been bad for a very, very long time. So it's just hard to be that motivated and that excited about the kind of performance we did 
see yesterday. Yes, it was great, but as far as taking that and applying that into some excitement in the near future or, you know, what's going to happen next, it, it's just, it's hard to get there looking at what kind of team they were facing. And I get that Nick said, yes, the Cowboys are bad as well this year, but at the same time, it's just... Uh, I'm just not there. I'm not just. I'm, I'm definitely not there to say this was a turning point for the defense. No, it, it's not a turning point. It, it, I mean, it says that the this is at the end of the movie almost. I mean, there's no more <laughs> turning points right. or anything like that. Um, and I think you know they got a good win at at noon yesterday, but from three to six, they lost. They lost because what Washington yeah. did. Yeah. And, and and they lost when Washington beat the Steelers. That that was it. When Washington beat the Steelers, then they don't have – because think about that. They're not supposed to beat the Steelers. But they did. And if they didn't win that game, then it would be very, very interesting with these two teams sitting at five and all that. They, I don't know how the Cowboys can win the division at this point other than if Washington just loses out. Maybe and they got two teams that are that have losing records that they're playing they? okay. at the end. They got Carolina and they've got Philly, uh, I think. Yeah, it Philly. Is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jalen Hurts, you know, he he played well, but we've seen these happen. We've seen games like this before. Like you, you get a guy like that, he gets a spark that's cool, and then defense coordinators say, "Oh, okay, well, hold on, let's 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 we got something for him," and and he'll have some struggles too, um, but. You know, it's probably not. It's too late. It's too late to turn the corner. It was just. It was just. This team's bad. You know, go beat them. Yeah. And 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 dominate the game if you can. And they did. Here's the one thing I will say. And and again, we're we're coming close to the end of the show. But you look at when I when I ask about a turning point, I think what Mike McCarthy. You listen to what the players are saying and what Mike McCarthy's saying. I think what he's trying to convince the players of is right now is important because not necessarily looking at the playoffs, but because. This is the. These are the moments when you can start creating some some momentum for the future. Now, I've never been a big fan of, you know, at the end of the year you can create momentum for the next year. But I think he is convincing his team that they may be able to create some momentum for the next season, and especially in a situation where you have a defensive coordinator who has all season, I think, fallen short. If by chance they can get this defense to play better at the end of the season, it might point to okay, some of these guys are starting to get it. Some of these guys may be starting to get this scheme. Maybe it makes you going into next going into next year feeling like okay, we we feel the players feeling more confident in the scheme, feeling more confident in what they're asked to do, and that may help you going into next year. So that's the only reason I asked okay. that about a turning. Can point. I can I play a game though, sure, real quick? I know yeah. we're running out of time, but I'll play a game. I'll let Dave and, and, and Amber answer this. Defense, the guys that played yesterday, starting with the coordinator. Do we think Mike Nolan will be back as the coordinator next Depends year? Depends on what happens these last three games. I don't. I don't, really. so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hamilton. Gal- just, I'll just go down the list. Gallimore. Yes. yes. Antoine Wood. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, Alden Smith. Be. Maybe. Alden should Smith. Be. Maybe. I think he should. Maybe. maybe. Van Der Esch. Yes. Jalen. Do we have enough time? Yes. He will uh, be here. I don't know if he's going to be playing. Savion Smith. Nope. Rashard Robinson, Darian Thompson, Xavier Woods. I'll say no to that one. Yep. Uh, going through the whole roster. No, he's just doing. He's just doing the defensive stuff. Just defense. But I'm just, you know, Gregory <laughs> Lawrence, D. Law, yeah. yeah, Crawford. Probably not. Probably not. No. So my point to that is starting with the coordinator down and building all this stuff. 
I don't know if you want these defensive guys getting all excited about next yeah. year because they won't be here. But but there are some keys in there. You want those linebackers Smith, to play a okay. little bit better. You want Tank to play better or play well. Yeah. You want you want Gallimore to start feeling comfortable where he is. I, I mean, all I right. think there are some guys that you look at and you're like, hey, if I can get these guys to start buying in, then when we get this all those other guys out of here. The new guys we bring in, at least what they'll be hearing from the other guys is, hey, this system works, rather than looking kind of side-eye at the Which, coach every time the coach talks because they don't believe in the scheme, right? Yeah. I know, I know, you know, we're definitely, run, we're out of time on the show, but we don't know that the scheme will be the same in 2021. True. And on top of that, like, we, are, we already did this. Like, we were doing the, oh, well, like, you know, they'll feel better next year. Like, we did that. And then they went right back off the cliff against Washington and Baltimore. And All so, true. you know, like turning it around against the number, like the worst freaking team in the league or one of the two or three worst teams in the league, it just doesn't, again, all credit to them for doing it because they, they could have gone out and played terribly, which is what I sort of expected to see, and they didn't. So they get credit for that, but I really am not putting any faith into anything beyond that. Dave and Amber, you guys both – are not too excited about this game, and, and that's fine. What what would be exciting in the last three games? Win them all, or these la- like win all these last three games? Have a four game? No, I, I'm I'm asking like what would it be? Dave just laughed no, at that because they're not doing that. But I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, beating I, who can if, they beat? Can they want, can they beat anybody? That my they, if you if you want me to get excited, I want them to play really well look like a competent football team down these last three weeks and still give me an exciting draft pick that we can get excited about for our draft coverage. Like, that's what I want. What would get me excited is to finally, if we get to see some kind of consistency. If, you know, it's great when we talk about these type of games where they get some great plays and all that, but they have been lacking consistency all throughout the season. So if they are able to find, even if they lose game, but we still see some explosiveness, we still see some of them creating plays and just being consistent in these last three games, I think that that's something that I would be excited for because it gives me a sense of just them being more connected as a whole. Regardless of the team being completely different next year, which is what we are expecting, just having that kind of mentality of, you know what, maybe we are able to find some consistency here, but other than that, nothing else will get me excited. Yeah, Nick went down the list of all those defensive guys that probably won't be here. What I want to see down the stretch is the guys that will be here play well. That's all I want to see. I just I, I don't care about the outcome. I don't yeah. care if they win or lose. I want to see those guys play well, particularly those young guys like Gallimore. I want to see them play well because that tells me they're starting to get it and I can have some hope, like some glimmer of hope, that maybe next year they can put it together and it can be a better season. If those guys can't get better, then you're, you're real because they're not going anywhere. There are certain guys that aren't going anywhere. If they're not playing well down the stretch, then it, it kind of just takes away from that hope that you can have this offseason. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll uh, get some big picture looks at what's going on in the NFC East. It's looking like the the uh, Washington football team will probably win it, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, presented by Geico, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?